You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. everyone and welcome to the final stardom road of 2022 i am your host as always scott edwards and with me is my good friend trent as we close out the year in style much like stardom does every year with a year end climax special Trent, how are you? well I, I don't think i can live up to some of the year end climax shows that they've had to be honest i'm an okay co-host but i'm not we're, a we're, 2019 year end climax, climax uh, level host that's Ryan. So um, <laughs> we're more of a we're more of a recent year end climax type of show. Yeah, yeah. You know, there are bigger like, and better shows out there, but we we give it our best. We give our efforts. You know, we we we're in the holiday cheer. We do our best. Yeah. So um, if you haven't guessed from that kind of introduction, and of course the name of this particular episode, we are talking about the year end, not just celebrating the fact that we're nearly out of twenty twenty two. Um, but celebrating the year-end climaxes in general because there's been a lot of them in stardom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the year-end climax, for those who don't know, was often one of their biggest shows of the year until recently where things have changed and they now have this show called Stardom Dream Queendom that has really taken the shine from the year-end climax. But it was before that. It wasn't, you know, last year is where Dream Queendom was born, but it was the year before that that we really started to see the change. Um, but we're going to talk year-end climax. Mm-hmm, we're going to mm-hmm. talk Dream Queendom. You know, this episode drops three days before the freshest version of that and possibly a week before maybe we watch, you know, kind of women's wrestling change dramatically in Japan in a lot of ways because of a certain mega star as some people like to say you know coming over out of nowhere actually as of this recording she's already arrived which yeah, is how convenient. funnier i yeah, know closer and closer anyone sort of saying oh no it's all a wwe ploy becoming a little bit more difficult to justify that but yeah. that's okay we're excited um because it will change uh it will change the wrestling landscape a bit, especially when it comes to talking about women's wrestling in Japan being perceived internationally. We've seen mm-hmm. that growth the past couple of years with especially stardom. Um, yeah. But now that you're getting like the big established international names starting to look at, you know, Japanese women's wrestling as Joshi wrestling in Japan as something that they want to be a part of, that just opens the door more and more again. Um, couldn't have a bigger name wanting to dip their toes in the Joshi world, uh, yeah. but we're not quite there yet. Yeah. This is, um, we're not going to talk a lot about it on this show. If you want to hear us talk a little more about the potential of Sasha Banks, you can check out my other show, the Five Star Joshi Show, because, you know, this is about the past more so than uh, the present, but it's hard to not talk about the present when this is going to potentially be one of the bigger uh, bigger things to happen for start. Uh, for sure, of for sure. The size and magnitude of what you know she is as a wrestler i mean i 
we won't get into it too much. Well, uh, <laughs> but let's get back to the stardom road here. So as we said, we're hitchhiking you know, on a, a back road there. We need to uh, yes, yeah. focus ourselves. Yeah. So like I said, year in climax, major, major show for them mm. for years. Um, you know, as we've seen in recent years, this show and the anniversary show have really been the ones to take the hits. These were yep. the big cork and hall shows at the beginning and end of the year. And we'll do, we'll go into that anniversary stuff next month, of course, mm. because there are plenty of big shows to talk about. And Don't it's the anniversary of startup. Next year. Uh-huh. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to do that yet. That's a, uh, I know, I know. a special but, moment for me. But year end shows, there are some. You know, some of their year-end shows are some of their greatest shows, especially one in particular that we will talk mm-hmm. about later on. Uh, but year-end climax didn't actually start till 2012. Fun fact <gasps> for everybody. Yes. I know. It was actually year-end stars, which they decided against after a while. That was, a, I believe, a double shot. Yeah, there was one in uh, one in Chinkiba and one in Minami Move On Arena, yeah, um, which actually, is an interesting name for an arena. If I'm being honest, like it's literally yeah. saying, "Yeah, don't come here, move on." <laughs> but um, they didn't get many people to that show either, so they definitely were telling people to uh, go away over that holiday period. Drew 272, which is their lowest of these year-end events. The um, fun fact I have for everyone is the first year-end stars event has my favorite match from early stardom. From that first year of stardom, really? Tell it us does. all about it. That is the Wonder of Stardom Championship match as Yuzuki Kawa defended against Arisa Hoshiki. It is on Stardom World for those who want to check it out. That is actually on Stardom World, which I know is you know give hit or hit or miss at times, but yeah, that's a really special match because not only does do you get to see Aikawa kind of challenge herself and be the one to lead. Right, because she doesn't have a mega veteran there. She has someone that actually has less experience than her. Mm. Not by a lot, but less nonetheless. <laughs> and it's you know, I think this is the match that you kind of just see Arisa blossom into what she would go on to become in the future. And we'll talk about that in 2019, especially. Mm. Um, but you know, she was th- these two were very special, and I remember watching this match and I was like, This is for for their experience level, for the you know, Arisa at the time was oh, how old was she? Sixteen, seventeen. Sixteen, yeah. And what she was able to do in there, like how it's a really, really good match. There was also Tayo versus Bito on this show, mm, um, mm. which is of course the big one. Uh, Yoshiko and Yu Yamagata versus Arisusa, our friend, of course, and Hiroyo Matsumoto. <laughs> and then this is a fun one for everyone. Nanai Takahashi and Saki Kashima versus Thunder Rock, baby Io Shirai and Mayu Iwatani. Uh, so that's a fun, you know, that was how they kicked off these year end events. I think that's mm. a pretty good way to kind of set the precedent. Well, especially when you're looking at where stardom was at in 2011, like they were still finding themselves, and this show kind of exemplifies where they're at. You know, have a couple of veterans who kind of put in highlight positions, but by this stage, they're already starting to trust their next generation of wrestlers. You know, the, the top two matches only feature one, what you would call super established veteran presence in Natsuki Tayo. The other three are all people that they've literally trained up from the, the beginning of stardom. Um, we, we know Stardom and Rossi Agawa are more than willing to kind of, you know, push the next generation right at the forefront early on. 
uh, and to a certain extent they have to in 2011. But the fact that Nanai Takahashi is not in one of these main events, she did main event the Tokyo year-end stars match, which was around that same time period, which isn't on Stardom World, unlike the Osaka <laughs> show. Um, but it, it, it just gives you an idea of where Stardom's at at that stage. And, you know, when we look at these earlier shows, as we have been through the uh, Stardom Road episodes we have done and will continue to do, uh, it's just fun seeing this development and evolution of where the wrestlers start to find themselves on the card. Kind of said it better myself. And then the next event, of course, was the year in stars, the second show. This was Shakiba first ring on Christmas Day. Um, the real big takeaway here is you got a match between the vets and the rookies. When I say mm. the vets, I mean more so the main event ready talent and the rookies. Um so it's Io Shirai, Nanai Takahashi, Natsuki Tayo, Yokobito, and Nizuki Aikawa versus Arisa Yoshigi, Eri Susa, Mayu Yutani, Saki Kashima, and Yoshiko. So just looking at that lineup, only one of them hasn't gone on to like having name value in the Joshi scene, and that was, of course, Susa. I don't but, know. We're, we're doing our best to make her one of the most recognizable know, names of the early stardom period. We are. Just we now. really are. Shout out to us. Um, but I think this match is an interesting thing to look back at and just think of how all these wrestlers have worked out, right? Mm. Obviously, you know, the main event talent clearly worked out. I mean, you have Tayo and Nanai who were vets at already at the yeah. time. Um, you have Aikawa who, as we've went over in detail already, was face of the company. You have Bito was getting built up, as we just said. Mm. And, of course, Io Shirai who would go on to be be face of the company for many years. Yeah. And on the other side, you have Arisa Susa, who doesn't exist. Um, Saki <laughs> Kashima, who again, we, yeah, I, I talk about this all the time. She is probably the best role player in professional wrestling. And the fact that you plug her in, she fits. You have mm -hmm. Yoshiko who Yoshiko has a very, very storied career yes. um, for good and for bad, but she's, you know, been one of the best for years now. I mean, unfortunately, she's not wrestling nowadays, but she was one of the best for many years. And of course, Mayu Yutani, the greatest of all time. So, hey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at that lineup, and okay, so Beto and Arisa were kind of hurt by injuries that slowed down what they could have become. Um, Saki Kashima didn't end up being a, a big time main eventer, but her worth to the company is super obvious and super clear and like if if you don't appreciate what saki kashima brings to modern day stardom i don't think you're watching what she's doing enough io shirai obviously is a once in a generation level talent and mayo Watani, well we don't need to sing her praises any more than we already do but we'll still find a way like it's <laughs> it's a testament that this was the lineup they put on for the end of the show and already by the end of 2011 like that is a fantastic building block yeah you know, sure i didn't sign on until 2012 uh, full-time but you you already start to see her getting uh, involved with the roster here and, i mean it doesn't take it that long to become really the face of the company you know i was thinking about this I was thinking, you know, just after this year and seeing these cards as we kind of went back and how Io wasn't signed yet, but, you know, she's getting starting to get pushed as one mm. of the main talents. And I'm like, you know, that's kind of reminiscent of a certain 20-year-old today that I see Rossi Ogawa slowly pushing up his cards. Um, to be fair, there's like four different people you could be talking that's about. True. <laughs> that's true. I guess I should specify that I do mean Suzu Suzuki. Mm. Um, there's a lot of comparisons, I think, between those two. Obviously, the death match thing's a little different, but 
the ability and just the natural charisma that they both mm. have. They have a mm. lot of comparisons, and I just I think I think Rossi sees a lot of EO and her when he pushes her to do certain things. It's like yeah, you know, maybe she's not in the wonder title match here at Stardom Dream Queen and then the year, but she's in a title match. And if people forget, she did draw with the five star winner on the final night. So it's not Yeah, like, and she uh, has a win over the white belt champion. Yeah. Like the reason why people were thinking maybe Susie's getting the shot at this event is because she's quite unquote owed. And it wasn't just a case of beating the champion. Like they made very clear uh allusions to this being a oh, yeah. potential title match in the future. And incidentally, they've now rocketed another young up-and-coming non-contracted star into that position that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so it's like there could be about three or four, quote-unquote, 2011 EOs on this yeah. current sort of Dream uh, dream Queendom show that we're about to see next week. Or this week, sorry. Mm-hmm. Recording, it's next week. Yeah. Um, and anyways, anyways. Um, so... Let's get to the year on climax 2012, the first ever mm-hmm. year on climax. Pretty big time show in a lot of ways. Um, just to give a few, we're not going to go over every single full card because obviously you you won't care about some of it. But one of the and matches, most of these most of these matches you won't be able to see unless you're digging yeah. through, which is know, not right. the Stardom World archives, but like the DVD That's pile. Why we did it the way we're doing it this time we didn't want to mm-hmm. because year and climax and we'll go you know we'll do more year and stuff obviously next year and so on um you know but this one i thought was the best way or we thought was the best way especially because we couldn't think of some episodes for a while um but this was this was the one we knew we were going to go through the year end events kind of give mm. you a hint kind of give you what to go check out because they've had so many great shows through these year-end events that you can go see and kind of get a feel of what stardom has focused on with these year-end shows and that is big matches all the mm. time whether it be mm. the climax or dream queendom um but this year show matters for stardom it's it's yes. nice that they kind of uh bring things together in a calendar year they kick things off big with the uh anniversary show in january and they close things off big with the the year-end climaxes and now because the fact is it's interesting they didn't get rid of the UN Climax branding for these Kurokan events. Like, that's mm-hmm. still something they're pushing, even though we now have Dream Queendom being the pay-per-view yeah. event. So even though it's not going to be blowing off big stories like the Dream Queendom shows, it's, building. it's still a show. Yeah, it's still a show that's important. It's still a show that you kind of have to include in your, at very least, keep an eye on what's going on. If you're not a hardcore viewer who watches every single show, Obviously, Kurikans always matter, but this one in particular, like, there's stuff that goes on here outside yeah. of just dressing up in Santa costumes. Yeah, what which I is think also the, nice. <laughs> what I think the year in climax has become now is kind of the show that fans should check out if they want to know what's happening for the pay per view. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, catch me up, get me to where I need to be. This year's especially yeah. um, does that and. Or did that? We didn't watch it yet. Spoiler. Um, Can you believe X happened? I know, crazy. I know. Can you believe that the Momo mask showed up again? That's crazy. And um, seven of them. I didn't know that, they made that many. But that is the to play into what they do, right? With these Corkins, they do mm. do big angles on them, 
and they play into the new year as we'll get to with the most recent one. Um, but let's uh, continue here. So the first ever year in Climax, some of the big matches on the show include Kyoko Kamara versus Io Shirai, mm. uh, the Goddess of Stardom title match, Tayo and Yoshiko versus Hiroya Matsumo and Yuhi, and then the main event, Denai Takahashi versus Yuzuki Aikawa, um, which obviously the big match. Sadly, Aikawa will go on to have 17 more matches and then retire after this. So this was wow. towards the end of her run already. Um, it, it shows you how brief this period was, you know. Yeah. Because we're, we're only sort of at the end of year two there, and then it's like, okay, bring things together. And, and I think it's funny that we get to bring that up now because, you know, we'll go back to certain things. But mm. we started the show with that match and I and Aikawa and they were able to close out a year, their second year with yeah. that match as a big title match, which is very cool. And that at the time, Aikawa was still wonder of Stardom champion. So that yeah, was this was champion huge. versus champion. Um, and both of them had been champion for long enough to kind of establish themselves. By this point, Aikawa wasn't like a could-be talent. Like, we now knew how good she was. And obviously, at the time, maybe we didn't realize she was going to be finishing her wrestling career so soon after. But you're sort of looking at going, okay, well, yeah, we know what she's about. We get why she's been pushed hard from the start. And it's not just the fact that she had name brand value before stardom began. It's because she had this talent and this ability to not only put on good matches, but connect with the fans. Bingo. Um, I guess we can move on here to 2013 because they had two year-end climax events in the yes. in one year. So can we you have believe one... there was a year-end climax that wasn't in Currican Hall? I know. We have one in, on the 23rd and one on the 29th. The one on the 23rd was in Osaka, mm-hmm. uh, which is, of course, a little bit shocking, like you said. But you get some big-time matches here. Um, you have Tayo and Yoshiko versus Io Shirai and Kairi Hojo. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You have the high-speed title match, Kairi Oniyama versus Yuhi. And then you have a Goddess of Stardom title match in the main event, as it was Miho Wakazawa and Nanai Takahashi versus Kimura Monster Goon, Aki Asakawa, and Kyoko Kimura. Yes, that, that group is one that uh, will go on to heavily influence Stardom beyond just who they are. Kimura Monster Gun becomes Oedo Tai. I'll uh, get a few episodes. Yeah, oh yeah, like to, to cover Oedo Tai is not something we can just brush through because <laughs> no. it's gone for so long, there's so many different iterations and it's had such an impact on the stardom brand and how they sort of build themselves. So we, we that's one we need to sort of prepare ourselves for, dedicate a, a lot of time to give it justice because like obviously stardom have become the companies built around their factions. That wasn't the case and really... Kimura Monster Goon is kind of the uh, beginning of all of that idea. We wouldn't see the faction heavy, heavy system come through until around 2017. But like from this beginning, this is where the factions start to reveal why they can be so valuable. And I think the interesting, you know, doing two shows is very interesting to me because what they would go on to do with the second show is this is the first time year in climax was loaded from top to bottom mm. with just incredible matches and a main event that we will go back and talk about. Oh, uh, yeah. because it is a massive main event. It actually, um, 
one it's it's a it's a very big match to say the least. <laughs> it's, uh, like we're gonna go back to year on climaxes or the bigger ones like mm-hmm. this one like 2019 down the line um because these are kind of this this show overall if you look at it as top to bottom which i'll we'll talk about in a second is this is kind of what they were going for yeah. with these year-end shows and this is what we see with the dream queendom nowadays mm. is the absolute loaded cards that we appreciate so and what, what's see- this it's a stardom wrestler versus a outsider yeah a big time match full circle baby full circle. oh yeah yeah just this is the main event so not fully full circle, but close. Well, you know, it's got to start somewhere. Yeah. Could you it's... imagine how pissed people would have been if Nanai Takashi had made a vent of Dream Queendom? Oh, I can imagine. Um, <laughs> so, year in Climax 2013, uh, 1,450 people, absolutely packed house. The biggest um, year in Climax, I believe, in pure numbers. I believe so as well. Uh, so your your lineup here was Kairi Hojo versus Koguma. Instantly, it's like, hell yeah. Right. yeah. And this is 2013, so Kyrie's now coming around, right? Kyrie's getting to that point. Mm. Um, you have Yuhi versus Takumi Aroha. You know, just why not? Wonder of Stardom title match is the third match on the card. Uh, I'm not saying this is great or anything, but Akti Asakawa versus Kelly Skater. Mm. Um, you know, who is that? You know, she's pretty respected, uh, pretty respected as a Australian wrestler. Trent, you should be uh, backing her up here. Um, I, I, like I'm such a big fan when I wrote her name down, I accidentally put Kelly Slater. That's <laughs> phenomenal. But yeah, she's Australian, so automatically she's the best wrestler on this card. Uh, you want a big high speed match? Kaori Oniyama versus Natsuki Tayo. Mm. Artist of Stardom title match. Alpha female, female predator. Amazon just Amazon nowadays. And Kyoko <laughs> Kimura versus Mio Wakazawa, Roya Matsumoto, and Mayu Iwatani. And then these That's last some two. Beef. These last two are the real killers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Mako Satomura and Nanai Takahashi versus Yoshiko and Kagetsu. Yes. That's that's big time. But the main event that we've been singing the praise of and not telling anyone was a double title match. The JWP Openweight title and the World of Stardom Championship. Arisa Nakajima versus Io Shirai. Yeah. Gigantic stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, when you look at these year-end climax shows, the biggest matches, especially in the first half of its run, do kind of revolve around Io Shirai. Um, there's one other match coming through. Well, there's a couple matches, but in terms of, like, Io facing newer wrestlers that we don't see all the time in stardom, there's another one coming in a couple of years. But, I mean, whenever you get the chance to put Arisa Nakajima in this kind of uh, opportunity, like, no surprise given the match type, it goes to a 30-minute draw. But, like, it's... This is what you want to see. Like when you get the chance to put on these amazing shows, sometimes you need to bring in an outside talent to really hype up the freshness of something. And we're seeing that with Dream Queendom this year, but especially here, Io Shirai versus Arisa Nakajima, like that is a dream match. Yep. Yeah, even back then, you could see where Io Shirai was coming through. She had her first World of Stardom Championship reign. She's going through it at the time. Arisa Nakajima, by that point, was already established as a true legend. She was Arisa Nakajima. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason even now we still hold her in such reverence. Right. And, you know, it, it's funny, right? Because Arisa Nakajima, 
she is she is like one of those wrestlers that will go down as underappreciated by yeah. the masses right mm. that watch not only choshi but all of wrestling because of how amazing she is and if you mm. see her you know that but it's so difficult to see her um for some people because they just don't know where to go uh, mm. but these two this match we'll go back to this yeah, th- this one deserves a, a proper deep dive. Yeah, that's a promise. Uh, that'll happen a few times on this on these year hunt climax, mm. but yes, you get the point. We're going, we're steamrolling through here, giving you a little bit of everything. So we're setting the groundwork, the foundation of why year end climax is an important show, okay. even now when it's been superseded by a, a big pay per view show in the surrounding week. Yeah, right. This is why we still care about year end climax. And you look at its history, you see the matches that have come through. And you know, okay, this is there's still a lot of fun to be had. This might be the craziest card in terms of just like people on the card. Oh yeah, <laughs> like if, um, for someone like even even me who's been a long term fan of Stardom, I, I wasn't following it around this time, admittedly. But go, going back and looking at this card, it is a legitimate like wait what when you yeah. see some of these matches. Yeah. So we had the show kicking off with Momo Watanabe versus Hazuki. Yeah, Rio Suzuki. Rio Suzuki. Sorry, uh, Ak Yasukawa and Chris Wolf. There was a six-way tag that no one probably will care too much about. Um, but the <laughs> hey, th- Kelly Skater was there. We had more Australian representation That's again. That's true. But there was a six-person tag on this show. That's just going to make people's minds kind of like what? Um, so it was Io Shirai, Mayu Yutani, and Masaki Moshizuki. Yes, of Dragon Gate fame. Against <laughs> Genki Horiguchi of Dragon Gate fame, Miho Wakazawa, mm. and the one and only Manami Toyota. <laughs> We're talking about, you know, last year had a recent Nakajima, um, and then this year Manami Toyota. Different levels of match, obviously, but uh, yeah. There'd be a lot of people out there who didn't realize Manami Toyota even wrestled in Stardom. Yeah, I think she had three matches in stardom total. Sounds about right. Um, and I they might have been all tags. No, she had one singles match where she lost to Wakazawa. She actually lost. Um, more shocking. I think that was that might have been at the um Aikawa show. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of the card, which this is a Surprising match that both me and Trent reacted to. Yeah. Uh, the World of Stardom title, Yoshiko defending against Saki Akai. Who? Yes. Saki Sama, for those who may not know her, Saki Akai. But yes, that Saki Akai was, in fact, not only not only has she dipped her toe in Stardom, she challenged for a world title. So again, mm. to play to the situation that they're doing this year at Dream Queendom, they had outsiders come in and compete. All the time. Exactly. Right. And I mean, yeah, this is kind of, it, it's a running theme, especially through this early part of the year-end climax show. Because it continues next year as well. And the main event as it as well. Although, a bit more familiar for Stardom for fans. Sure. Especially now. Um, yes. Goddess of Stardom title match. Kairi Hojo and Nanai Takahashi defended against Takumi Aroha and Risa Sarah. So, just Take a step back, everyone. I count them. There are three parts of this match 
on this year's Dream Queendom card. <laughs> if Takumi Roja was healthy and didn't have all the titles, she was on last year's Dream Queendom card. So you yeah. get the point here. Yeah. Like these are important pieces of Stardom's history, and it's just so much fun to see. Oh, they were back then, and now they're here, right? You know, Nanai, she's you know past her prime, obviously nowadays, mm-hmm. but still, she was on this card. Kyrie Hojo is coming back as obviously Kyrie, but one yeah. of the biggest stars Stardom has seen now. Mm. Risa Sarah is a completely different being. She yeah. feels like a mega star, and of course, Takumi Roja. We know who Takumi Roja is. Anytime she dips her toe back in stardom, we all get excited. Yeah. Um, it's been a while; it's been a year actually. Uh, coming up this week, sadly, that she hasn't been in stardom, but hopefully, hopefully, we can uh, get her back soon because there's a reason here that these shows had meaning and have meaning now. Yeah. You're seeing all this, and by the way, for anyone that wants to know, that main event on Cage Match has a 9.38 rating. So you know, <laughs> if it shocks you that that match was really good, it, uh, it it's probably worth going out of your way. Another match we will go back and talk about um, down the line uh, because, like we said, these year-end climax shows, these really hit um, overall. Uh, but let's who's see. involved. How can we not want to come back and deep dive on this? Oh, yeah, even We're gonna just, like ignoring. every main event. Oh, yeah. Even ignoring just how important this match is in terms of looking at people who were in stardom and branched away and how they've all come back into the fold now, you know, eight years into the future. Um, here, here we are. It's, it's just a fun match lineup. I look at, yeah, I look at it. Admittedly, I haven't seen this match myself yet. I look at it and go, I want to hunt this down and watch this as soon as we finish recording. <laughs> which won't happen because I'm going to get distracted between now and then. And I have a massive backlog of wrestling I need to watch. But this is definitely a match I need to go out of my way and watch, whether it's for this show or not. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've actually been searching up each match to make sure I can find each one. Mm. Um, and I've, I've, I found both this and the Nakajima Eosurai one. Beautiful. So. I, yeah. I have seen that one bouncing around the Nakajima Shirai match. I've done, I've done, like, I've done the work for us. Don't you worry. You're, you're the workhorse here. You are. Hey, uh, you know, happens once in a while. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the next year here. Next year is a big one as well. So, mm-hmm. few few things to hit here. Starting with the opening match, of course, which was Azumi versus Starlight Kid. You know that same match that. Here, as we sit here in 2022, may very well be the start of match of the year for a lot of people mm-hmm. in a very different way. And I think that's just so cool to sit here and think about as we sit here at the end of 2022. We look at the 2015 year in climax. Seven years later, they're having the match of the year or a match of the year, right? That is, And they're still not special. at the point where they've hit their peaks. Right. They're not main eventing. Crazy thing. No. They're still working their ways up the card, but that's special that's why that's why we're doing this show right it's mm-hmm. it, that's the fun of it is we we haven't been able to like expand this far yes we did the Kyrie mayu thing but that was just Kyrie mayu this is looking at just how much has they've grown since then and boy oh boy isn't that crazy um let's see we had an artist of stardom title match uh kelly skater again baby she was champion at this time. Yeah. Uh, with Hiroyo Matsumoto and Evie, who... Who's Evie? People, who's Evie, you say? Who many people may know as Dakota Kai. 
Um, they defended, in an alternate timeline, she would have come back to start him this year had Vince McMahon not gone and done what he did. <laughs> Anyways, um, and they defended against two of me and Trent's favorites, as well as someone that will get plenty of talk on this show down the line as well, Hiromi Mimora. Jungle Kiana, Jungle Kiana, you know, Trent's favorite, and mm-hmm. Mwatanabe. So, again, I don't need to explain. You know, I'm not going to keep doing this, but just think about that match. Think about all the factors in there, right? It's crazy. It's just crazy. Hiromi Mimora is one of the people I first mentioned when we were talking about doing this show. I'm like, we need to do an episode on her. Uh, because she is one of those characters, Chris Wolf, we mentioned earlier, is another one who, if you weren't watching Stardom back then, uh, yeah, it's not someone you're necessarily going to be told to go out of your way and watch because they weren't main eventers, they weren't big names. But they formed the foundation of what made Stardom Stardom during this time period. Uh, and Hiromi Memora especially is someone I can't wait to cover. Main event, World of Stardom Championship, 9.43. Rating on cage match for those wondering. Mako Satamora defending the World of Stardom Championship against, you guessed it, Io Shirai. This is the match that Trent was hinting at earlier. Yes. Um, this is the match, match, like for a lot of people, incidentally, this match and the, the next year's main event, this is the match that people kind of point to as saying this was Stardom's greatest ever match. And even now, when we've had the influx of amazing matches that we have had, you still see people pointing back and go, yeah, yeah, but don't forget this match happened in 2015. Like, obviously, we say and go back and watch all these amazing things Stardom did, but on a, on a real note, like, if you are going, if you have not seen this match, promise me, if you're listening to this, make an audible promise to me that you will go back and find this Is this match. on Stardom World? It's not on Stardom World, but it is. You can find it through other means. To give you, you don't need to be Scott level uh, detective to find them. You can be Trent level detective. Well, and find I can't it. find it. So what? Yeah. Well, hit, I, I finally get to say this. Don't talk to Scott to get this match. Come hit me up at One Up Culture on Twitter, and I'll give you a link. Holler if you hear me. If he doesn't send it to me, I'm punching him in the throat. <laughs> um, I also want to do a cheap plug. I am planning, I know it's sacrilege to be covering historic stardom outside of stardom world, but I will be covering Miko Satamora's 2015 feud with the Freedom on WrestleIn uh, very soon, probably in the first month of 2023. So um, please keep an eye out for that. And I'm sure we'll be covering that on Stardom Road as well. I was going to say, you're going to have plenty of shows to remind them to watch, to read that. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when the, when it actually drops, you can plug it too. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's 2015. Uh, let's keep moving forward here. 2016, big time. I, I do just want to, just before we go there, oh, I, I do just sorry. have to say, I love that on Cage Match, that year-end climax 2015 is rated a 9.08. Yeah. Um, that the, the main event is the only match that's got a rating on that show, yeah. which is like it's kind of hilarious. Like it's still a good show, but like it shows just how much people were drawn to this match that it's it's doing the heavy lifting on cage match for that particular event. But yes, twenty sixteen of heavy lifting this show mm. this year yes. in climax twenty sixteen until last year had the highest rated Dave Meltzer starter match. Mm. Fun fact for you, everyone, which was. Well, I'll go through the whole car first. Um, we had Thunder Rosa on this show, for those interested, um, as well as Holly Dead. I think she still wrestles. Yes, she does. 
Theoria New was on this show. Mm. Current so ice. That's, that's a wrestle a lot of people want to see coming to stardom, modern stardom. Yeah, Ice Cross. Uh, well, I'm not a lot of people. Uh, ice Cross Affinity <laughs> Champion. Um, well, I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna. Just continue. Um, <laughs> yeah, they got us a starting title match: Kagetsu and Kyoko Kamara versus Kairi Hojo and Yoko Bito. Mm. You have seen that match? It's a good match. Yeah, and of course the main event. Io Shirai versus Mayu Yutani for the World of Stardom Championship. Like I said, the highest rated Dave Meltzer match, if that matters to you. Um, but on Cage match, it also has 9.46. It was the highest rated Cage match. And then, you know, Utami and Shuri went and did the damn thing. So <laughs> it got blown away. Uh, but oh, that according match to is, According to yeah. Well, I, I I think the gap between Itami Shuri and honestly all of the Mayu EO matches around this time period and is it's not that big, and I I kind of lean towards EO Mayu over Utami Shuri, but that could be my incredibly heavy Mayu bias coming through there. Could be, could not be. I mean, I think Mayu has a number of matches that deserve that five, mm. but mm. that's besides the point. Um, but obviously go check that one out. We'll do a whole thing about EO and Mayu Yutani. Don't you worry. People oh yeah. That, that's a, that's a, big that might story. be a 10 episode series. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do the tag team. You gotta do the turns. You gotta do yeah. the stables. You gotta do the, the big matches. Yeah. That's a lot. We're, but, we'll but this is that. the second match in the quote unquote trilogy that they had over the course of a year. This is the EO Shirai is now a bitch in Queen's quest. Also, come in, comes in with the bleach blonde hair. Um, Mayu's got the kick-ass uh, half-sleeve attire for this match. Yeah, that's also the set. That's also the second straight year that there was a match that people consider the greatest starter match of all time. So, and what event did it happen on? Year, year and, climax. and climax, and we go to 2017 now. Um, hmm, let's see what are, what what do the people want to know? Scarlett um, Bordeaux was on the show. <laughs> I, sorry, yeah, that's um, WWE fans out there. Um, let's see, uh, we uh, have Yoko high... retirement match. So, this yes. is probably to me, this is the big moment for this show. It's where Yoko Beto officially says goodbye to stardom. Um, and it, I mean, it's again, it's a kind of fun match to look at in terms of who's there. You've got Miko Satamora, who we've talked about, uh, Takumi Aroha is teaming with Yoko Beto, obviously, we've talked about, and Tony Storm, who this is right in the middle of Tony kind of being heavy in stardom she's the world of stardom champion at this time um oh, she's not defending the title um obviously um but yeah so like for those of you following AEW, this is where tony storm is at her most involved with stardom even though she was nowhere near a regular there despite being the champion and we can keep it that way all right um mary apache uh defended the high speed title against starlight kid yeah she was uh, there yep that happened uh, the Goddess of Stardom Championship match. This one will interest a lot of people. Mm. It was Kagetsu and Hanakamura defending against Jungle Kiona and Natsuko Tor. Lots of history, obviously. Plenty of history in that yes. match and every which way um, mm-hmm. as the future will go on. And then the Wonder of Stardom title match, Io Shirai defending against Hazuki. So 
There you go. Currently HZK during this period. Like we've we've had two Hazuki matches that we've mentioned, and we have to keep clarifying what era of Hazuki yeah. it is. We've yet to get to Hazuki. Yes, yes. <laughs> Just Hazuki has not occurred yet. Um moving on, 2018. Um, let's see here. You know, this is kind of so so. To specify, this was kind of the time where the shows were a little slowed down. This this mm. one specifically, little slowed down in terms yeah. of top quality matches. There's good matches on here. This but... starts to look more like, even though we don't have the pay-per-views happening yet, this is more in line with what we're expecting from year and climax now fun mm. matches maybe a title match but certainly not one that's going to dominate the discussion necessarily exactly so uh we had jan kari onayama natsuka tora and ruaka mm-hmm. versus stars tam nakano starlight kid and riso shiki might have heard of them um <laughs> mary apache still here defending the high speed title against hazuki um that's hazuki now that is when she lost the title. Um, yes. Hazuki had that very good high-speed title reign afterward. Um, the one that was referenced this year, of course, mm. uh, when, you know, Azumi wanted to fight her and they did the triple threat instead Ten of... Ten minutes, got to have abs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had a fatal four-way. We had Kagetsu, Konami, Jungle Kiona, and Hana Kimura. That's Who a- won that match, Scott? Who won that match? Uh, uh, uh. Congrats, Jungle won for once. Yes, uh, the biggest singles victory in her career. Yeah, uh, yeah, tough. it really that's, is. That's tough. That's <laughs> 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 very sad, but it's also very. She true. saved the year and climax though, so that's yeah, that's true. Big show. Um, and then the Goddess of Stardom main event. It was Momo Watanabe and Tommy Hayashida versus Saki Kashima and Tam Nakano of Stars. Mm. So again, as you can see, I'm telling everyone now, Utami was not Utami back then. No. no. <laughs> um, Tam wasn't even fully Tam back then. No. And Saki Kashima wasn't super mean back then. So there you go. Um, yeah. That was, um, I'm not saying of, it was of, a... of that main event, only Utami has stuck around in her faction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, yep. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) It's very true. Uh, But let's get to the big one now here. This Mm. might get a little uh, longer in the conversation. The 2019 year-end climax. For many people, the best year-end climax. The beginning of the Bushiroad era in many ways. Yes. This is the month two and a half for them. This this happened to be the final major year-end climax event as well Mm. um, in terms of matches. So... Lots of history to go down here. Um, we had an opening tag site, Ida and Saya Kamatani, as well as Itsuki Hoshino versus Queen's Quest, Hina, and Leo Onozaki, and Marina. So, you know, nothing to jump off the page here, but I feel like I got to go through all the matches on this card. Um, <laughs> you had Tokyo Cyber Squads, Jungle Kiana, Ruaka, and Death Yamasan versus Oedo Ties, Natsu Sumire, Martina, and the reigning. AEW Women's World Champion Jamie Hayter, for mm. those who may want to know that. You had a very entertaining Artists of Stardom title match. Utami Hayashida, Momo Watanabe, and Azumi defending against 
Saki Kashima, Starlight Kid, and Tam Nakano. So, not a lot of change within two years. There was Saki and Tam challenging mm-hmm. yep. against Momo and Utami. <laughs> <laughs> Just with a couple of additions sprinkled in. Yeah. Uh, and this next match is really where we kick into gear the big matches for mm. one way or the one way or the other. Uh, we had Hazuki versus Natsuko Tora, which of course was Hazuki's retirement. Um, uh, where you know she awkwardly pretty much told Stardom she hated them, yeah. and uh, she was that, that was the back. end of that. We never heard from her again. Yeah, it's not like she's back now. Nope, never. Thank God she's back. <laughs> oh, yeah. If nothing else, like that retirement was was very, it was awkward and like obviously there was a lot that happened behind the scenes that we're not privy to and probably won't be privy to. Um, no. You know, there's rumors that are flying around. Back. Yeah, but that's the thing. She's back. She looks happier than ever. Um, you know, it's it's kind of funny. Everyone sort of wants her to jump back to not everyone. A lot of people wanted to jump back to Oedo Tai and sort of be that heel again. But you can see how much fun she's having with Koguma and Eva. Oh yeah, of everyone on the Stardom roster, she's the one that cracks up the most. Yep, she breaks. Oh, yeah. That everyone right. gets her. You can tell. Like she she's happy doing what she's doing with stars right now. We're we're grateful to have her back. She also, by the way, 2019. If you want to go back and watch Suzuki at her best, go watch 2019. Oh yeah, um, that that was like obviously she'd shown it beforehand, but by by 2019, people were saying, okay, when's she gonna get her moment yeah. in the sun? Her um, match with uh, Arisa for the title is one of my favorite matches of all time. So yeah. that's a special one. Um, speaking of one of my favorite matches of all time. It was the 15-minute draw between, you may have heard of them, Hana Kimura and Julia. This, I I always say this is the match that made Julia in stardom. This is mm-hmm. the one, this is the one she needed. Yeah. Right? This is the one, this is the one that we, that, you know, Julia pays respect to pretty much all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Every single time she goes out there now, because of course, Hana's the one that, in a lot of ways took a chance on her and you know welcomed her you know on on camera that she did it but <laughs> you know they they were the perfect feud for mm. julia to establish herself and this this match is free on youtube via stardom's page i mm. you know anytime like i've done like secret santa match things i've done stuff like that i always send this match because mm. it's 15 minutes so it's not long and it's the best of start between two mm. of the best and now we're sitting here in 2022, and it's funny because back then everyone was like, oh, Julia's going to win everything. Blah, blah, blah. She still hasn't won the world title, people. Yeah, yeah. They're about to, but she hasn't. Yeah, that, that's going to change by the next episode we do. But yeah. at this point, she's contending. Yeah. And like it, when we talk about Julia, and obviously she's grown so much in these past couple of years since joining Stardom, but this is the, like you look at this match and you can see the DNA of what she would become so heavily in this match. And there's a reason why, like, Hanukamura was going to be the perfect foil to her is because there's so much of each other in the other person. Yeah. You know, they were going to be kind of the light and dark side of each other as they were going to be progressing through. And fortunately, we never got to see that progress properly. Um, it's kind of evolved through the Hunter and Tam feud, kind of ticking a lot of the similar boxes. But, like... You go back, you watch this match, and now you look at Julia in 2022, moving into 2023, and it's like, ah, yeah. You can see what where she's become, what she's become. Yeah, I mean, 
the 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 locks that she has the mm. the viciousness that she has so much of what julie is now is because of hanukkah it's because of yeah. this match it's because of this feud and you know i don't i don't mean to make people emotional but they were going to be main eventing the Napoleon Budokan, not mm. not Tam and Julia. That's that's what was <laughs> going to happen. But you know, those two lost their rivals, and yeah. it made for a match that you know obviously they didn't want to make happen for obvious reasons. Mm. But they did it to the best of their abilities, and here we are now. Julia's on her way to finally, finally becoming the World of Stardom champion after all these years, and she's ready now. She wasn't. Oh, yeah. You know, she she took a lot of time to get ready. I think for a lot of people, mm. she could be more than ready now. She's um, she's complete. The um, early and... complaints were fair. You know, she wasn't yeah. in the position to be getting mega pushed the way she was. And given what happened with Ice Ribbon, like there was a lot of uh, bad blood. A lot. I think a lot of fans were held on behalf of Ice Ribbon going through, especially that first year of Julia's. Um, but uh, I think what she and needed then everyone was that... followed her lead. Oh, what? Yeah. it is funny you look at that now but like the downswing that she had in character through 2022 i think is so important to making what she is now the fact that you know she maybe wasn't going to have that i think would have hurt her in the long run but Mm -hmm. now that she's had it like everyone kind of knows that she's ready whether they want to admit it or not yeah i'll never know if it's on purpose that this Mm. story for julia was told this way but it couldn't have been more perfect, right? The yeah. the rise to the top, DDM's dominating, and she loses to Tam, her head shaved, back mm. to rock bottom. She takes a back seat to Shuri. Shuri goes on to take all the glory. They face each other. Julia, you know, we'll talk about this later on the other show. Uh, yeah, obviously, anyway. obviously the injury played a big part yeah. in the direction, and we don't know what whether that was stopped the Never will. intended champion. But if, if she was meant to win last year, this is the best possible circumstance that comes from an injury, honestly. Yep. Wonder Storm title match, Arisa Shiki versus Konami. One of Konami's greatest matches, mm. uh, for those wondering. Uh, it's it's on the short list for me, probably in her top five. Um, yeah. It's a very special match. By the way, these final three matches might be, might be Storm's best one, two, three hits maybe ever i mean they've had a lot of discussion they've had a lot of good ones recently don't get me wrong past couple years too which you know we could debate but this is this is almost as good as it gets um arisa obviously you know she was at the top of her game here this is one of her final defenses um and konami this was this was konami at her best back Mm -hmm. when she was you know in tokyo cyber squad and that was konami at her best as we know as we know especially from last year's year-end event, right? So, mm, which mm. I think that is her greatest match, um, which, again, year-end show. There's something about them. There's something about them. Yeah. Whether Imagine you're in climax there. or not, it's they're big. They're important. And then many will agree this is one of the best World of Stardom title matches of all time. Mayu mm. Yutani in that very, very special Red Belt reign for many reasons, not just because of a pandemic that she had to push them through, but mm. other reasons. It was losing all the talent that they did. Wrestling, Kagetsu, who of course would soon retire after. Um, 
of great match. <laughs> yeah, well, Just, this is she she announces yeah. her intent to retire at the end right. of this match. And right. like the story of Kagetsu and if you haven't seen it, Super Eyepatch Wolf does a fantastic YouTube video on heels in wrestling and he takes time to talk about Kagetsu and her run as you know the the main event the dominating force in stardom and how it was all built around trying to get the next generation ready. Yeah. You know, she wasn't being evil or cruel when she would beat someone, she'd go to them and say, okay, you've seen you're not good enough to beat me yet. Go away, get good, come yeah. back and beat me. That's what she was looking for. And Mayu Watani was the main person she was pushing to get ready for that position because she knew. You know, she tried to retire a couple of years ago and EO talked her out of it. Um, but she knew that her time, that, you know, the, the wrestling clock was ticking. It was getting close to midnight. Bless oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, and... This is the moment. You know, Mayu beats her. She's truly ready now to lead uh, Stardom forward under the Bushi Road era. And Kagetsu knows that she can now walk away. And I honestly find herself by finding himself. Mm. Definitely could have said it better myself. That was very well done. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's a very special match. Um, you know, the the last major title match for Kagetsu. But, by the way, if you want to see a – incredible match that isn't is on the Kangetsu um retirement tour you watch that match where it's momo and jungle kiona versus mayu and Kagetsu. that oh, right yeah. there that's a special yeah. match um but as was this uh definitely go check that out that's that that stardom that stardom year-end climax 2019 that is the end of a year that many mm. believe is stardom's best year yeah, and the and, idea was it was setting the scene for an even bigger year. Obviously, a lot changed. But for new fans, if you haven't seen, we're giving you a lot of recommendations. But what I would recommend if you haven't watched this, you know, this couple of month period before the pandemic, go back because like, we haven't heard the crowd yet for Stardom. Every other promotion's opening up, cheering to a certain level. Stardom's held off on that. If you want to know what to expect when the crowds come back for Stardom, mm-hmm. this show the January and the February Kirk and Hall shows where they literally like getting sellout crowds, jam packing them as much as they can, having to change the seating arrangements from normal to make everyone fit in here. And just the, the crowd sound and the audio, this is what we're going to get in theory in 2023. Yeah. A lot of yeah. people haven't seen stardom with cheering. A lot of stardom wrestlers haven't been cheered for yet. What That's we're crazy. getting comes from these couple of past few, those couple of months before the pandemic. So go back, just even watch a match, one of the big matches, listen to the crowd, and go, "Oh, we're in for a good time." Yeah, yeah. This uh, this crowd was uh, that crowd was a raucous crowd. That was yeah. that that one was kicking from and uh, end to end. Uh, but let's get now here. So this is kind of where we take a little turn now. Mm. It's where the pay-per-view mode starts to kick into gear, as this is Bushiroad's first full year. Um, Bushiro and and you you made a great point. Twenty twenty was supposed to be a gigantic year for Stardom. Mm. They got postponed a year to have their big gigantic year. Yeah, but let's just think of everything that happened that go, going into Osaka Dream Cinderella, mm-hmm. right? Um, so. Kagetsu retires. Suzuki also retired, of course, um, on that show. Mm. So those two retired. Yeah. Then Arisa Shiki has to retire. Mm-hmm. Then Hanakamura passes away. 
Mm-hmm. Then COVID hits. Yeah. Well, COVID already hit, but yeah, yeah. you get the point. So that's just that alone, right? All of that. Yeah. That's something that almost any company can't come back from, let alone in what's supposed to be their biggest year ever. Yeah. Right? This was the first year they were on a Wrestle Kingdom card. Look where we are now, mm-hmm. right? Now that match never aired and I'm forever angry about it, but it did happen. <laughs> it did happen. You know, I, know I have a friend who was in the audience. I can confirm it did happen. And I hate my, them for the fact they were there. Mayu and Arisa Shiki versus Hanukkah and Julia, for those who are wondering. Those were and, and Trent has a great article that just came out about the what if. Mm. Um, you know, which is just a very important question because what if? Yeah. Uh, especially with those four that were gonna lead the way. Um, so go check that out. But so this is to give you an idea of everything that happened in 2020 and they now had to build new stars. Mm-hmm. They had to pretty much start from the ground. Yes. They had Mayu Yutani. Thankfully they had Mayu Yutani. Yeah. Cause if without Mayu Yutani, who knows where they'd be. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, people may be listening to this. So like, Oh, Trenton, Trenton Scar, just the, no, without Mayu Yutani, they are not at all where they are now because she was the base. She was the rock for them. As that world champion, no one else who, could who have been world made, champion. Who would have main evented the company if they'd gone into June without Mayu as well? Who's like the only people they've got who have any kind of main event experience was Momo Watanabe. Jungle Kiana even really hadn't been given main event chances, nor yeah. Konami. They were the three that you could have probably pushed and said, Oh, they're kind of ready while they right. built up Utami and Julia. But without Mayu, you would have been dead in the water. And this is also the year that they bring in, you know, someone that I think became a savior for them and kind of led them way to greatness and Shuri, who I don't think anyone knew at the time Shuri would go on to be as important as she's become. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people saw her as a veteran who was going to yeah. help us to grow. But like, especially that first year, she was, I mean, she was heavily protected. Yeah, she didn't lose matches, but she didn't feel like the big deal she would become in 2020, right? Right. And again, that's the play to the fact also that they had to put a lot of their deck into Mayu as well Mm -hmm. as DDM at -hmm. the time, right? DDM was who they were building up, but of course they were building up Utami as well. Um, And then, you know, we know what Shuri would go on to be. Shuri's in that discussion of greatest signing or free agent sign that they've ever had. Oh, yeah. Um, and <laughs> she's only going to keep writing that uh, <laughs> check. But let's look at So we're going to talk Stardom Osaka Dream Cinderella first mm-hmm. because this is mm-hmm. where pay-per-view mode kicked in. This was just a few days before year-end climax. Um, and this was a really good show. Yeah. I remember it fondly. There's some really good matches on this show. Uh, so here's the card. Micah. Defending the future of Stardom title against Saida and Saida Kamatani, just to put your mind in a spin there if you didn't know this happened. Um, <laughs> Riho and Ruaka versus Konami and Asagatora of Uedo Tai. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's favorite, B Priestley, and Saki Kashima versus Hameka and Natsukoi. So, again, we have now gotten all of the main DDM core in by then. Natsupoi had just recently joined. Yeah, she joined um, in October. Um, literally walked to the ring with uh, on Himeka's shoulders. Yeah, a um, couple of months prior, uh, we have one of my favorite high speed title matches: Azumi versus Meho Suzuki. This is like mm. 
This is like high speed. Like if you ever watch this, anyone should. This is like the definition of high speed in that you couldn't breathe like watching yeah. it. It just like it it was like now when we see high speed matches, there's an element of a bigger match in there along mm. with high speed wrestling. Mm. This is just high speed wrestling. <laughs> yeah, this is just them going, okay, we've got, you know, how, how long did they wrestle? They wrestled for 10 minutes. And so they're like, we want to tell a 20-minute story. They're giving us half the time, so let's just wrestle at double speed. Um, and it, it features all your, the greatest hits of what high-speed Azumi wrestling, because Azumi has come to define high-speed wrestling, especially in the modern stardom. Um, it has all the hallmarks of what you would expect from an Azumi high-speed match. Um, and in many ways, this is a precursor to her second reign where we'd, we would see her defend a lot more against outside talent. She was wanting to do this more in the first reign. And Mei Hoshizuki is kind of the example of that. But yeah, this if you put this in the second Azumi reign, it wouldn't feel out of place at all. No, no, it would be great. It would be another great match to her. Very, very, very special reign. Um, we had the Artist of Stardom title matches when the Cosmic Angels were in the midst of getting established as well. Tam Literally Nakano. the the night that they break up, break out from stars. Yep. 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 So uh, Tam, Unagi, and Mina, of course, uh, defending the Artist of Stardom titles against Mayu Tani, Starlight Kid, and Goki and Death. Tough team for Mayu, you know, by 2021. <laughs> she didn't have either of them by her side. Yeah, if um, only I mean, she knew eight yeah. months into the future. That Maybe she, she shouldn't have pissed Tam off. Two people by her side. Yes. Um, and then we had SWA Wonder of Stardom title match. 30-minute draw between Shuri and Julia. This match is, uh, what's the word for it? A little polarizing for some. <laughs> um, some love it, or not love it. Some like it, some hate it. But it is a polarizing match. Funny, though, that we sit here two years later. Yes. And what is main eventing our show? A much better version of what this match was. That is what's main eventing Stardom Dream Queen this year. It did I, result yeah, in I, a fantastic picture at the end of this match where they're both yes. sitting down a bit disheveled from the 30-minute match. And like, yeah, especially because it, it's just a couple of months' time that they break off from one another. It's just a really nice kind of picture to bring it together. Yeah. Um, so that was and then the World of Stardom title match, a fantastic World of Stardom title match. And I think the one that made people take a step back and say, oh, Utami might be on to something. This was yeah. Utami Haishishida versus Momo Watanabe. Big match, obviously, you know, Queen's class leader Momo Watanabe at the time mm-hmm. against Utami, who just had become world champion. Yeah. And they went out there and they, they kicked ass in the main event. Yeah, this was one of the better matches from 2020 for stardom. Um, I think it gets forgotten, forgotten a little bit. Um, but it's like, so early yeah, in the this reign, is, that's why. Yeah, well, because I think a lot of people remember the first few months of Utami's reign, not really setting the world on fire. It's it's sort of people think that first Shuri defense is kind of what changes everything, and to a lesser extent, the Sai Kamatani uh, Dream Queendom match, not Dream Queendom, All Star Dream uh, Cinderella match but yeah this one was fantastic i think probably what hurts it in hindsight is a lot of people thought oh well you know they put momo in that position to carry utami in a high pressure main event situation and maybe weren't giving utami her full due at this point because yeah if you want to if you want to guarantee good main event match momo is one of the two people at this time especially that you would put in to make that match happen and we got a great match and so oh yeah momo did what you'd expect um in hindsight i think you can look and go well no tommy 
yeah. was you know, still learning her spot as the champion. Would right. take a few months to truly become comfortable, but in the ring, she'd already started to find herself. 2020 year-end climax, and this is where we kick into the weaker shows now. Mm. Um, not really going to go down the full card. It's not that great. Um, you, you know, you had pretty much what you see from a house show here. Um, one of the fun matches, I guess, were Azumi and Riho versus Mayu Yutani and Starlight Kid. Mm. Uh, that's a fun one. I remember that one. You had DDM's Julia, Micah, and Shuri versus Mina Shirakawa, Tam Nakano, and Yagi Sayaka. And then you had the Goddess of Stardom main event, uh, Aphrodite, Saikartani, and Tommy at the uh, versus B Priestley and Konami, who won the titles yes. that night. Uh, but the main thing here is I want to talk about is looking at Saikartani and Tommy Hashida. And what they would manage to do within 2021, right? Sayaka mm. Otani, you know, everyone had their doubts about Otami. You want to talk about people that had doubts? Yeah. I remember Otami, uh, not Otami, Saya getting big match after big match, and multiple people saying, I don't know, is she going to deliver? And she did mm. every single time. And now we're sitting here, of course, and she's one of the best wrestlers in the world, yeah. um, much like her tag team partner. And I think that's just a little special thing to look at here as we look at the 2020 event. Yeah, and no, this is like smack bang in that period where Utami, I think, yeah, wasn't fully, hadn't fully won everyone over, but people had kind of accepted, yeah, she's special. Sai Kamatani kind of taken over in that, you know, Utami's mega push had led to a big point. And now it's like, oh, well, Sai Kamatani's the next person to be pushed, even though she's not ready. And lo and behold, she was getting ready by this point. And then a few months later, also Dream Cinderella, her and Utami have a match, which I think shocked everyone in how good it actually was. Yes, it didn't main event because of Tam Julia, justifiably so main eventing. Um, but th that this was the match that kind of made everyone go, oh, maybe we were wrong. Yep. And then 2022 rolls around and, yeah, Saika Kamatani has threatened to be wrestler of the year. Yep. And 2021, year in climax. We've made it, everybody. Um, <laughs> this card is a gutted one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it is not the prettiest, but there were angles on here that were important. We had the Momo mask shows up, which... Yeah. Go on to, of course, be Mirai and Tekla. And little mm -hmm. did we know that Mirai would have the year that she's had. Um, Tekla, of course, did get injured, so her year did get derailed a little bit, mm -hmm. but she did win the SWA title yes. within this time. She should have Only person to lose it, too. <laughs> That's true. Uh, she should have longer reign, of course, but she did win it. Um, mm -hmm. She had a high speed title match. Yep. She established herself. She did the Mafia Bella stuff. But, of course, Mirai, you know, she did everything. Yeah, she took over from Sai Kamatani with everyone saying, oh, why is she getting mega pushed? And in a year or two time, everyone went, well, of course they mega pushed her. Look at where she is now. Exactly. Exactly. Um, this was also, I believe, the first match Momo wrestled against Queen's Quest since turning. Yes, um, it is. In the main event, she teamed with Saki Kashman and Starlight Kid. And mm -hmm. this was also the second to last match of Konami's full-time career where she mm. teamed with Shuri against Micah and Nagi Sayaka, which... Was a very fun match for those who may, oh, yeah. may not. Yeah, the, 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 like again, this this show is definitely a oh, we have a massive pay per view that we're showing in a week's time. We can't do a lot here outside of build, um, but they do a good job building here. And look, I'm happy to have any show that has 
that match. Konami yeah. Shuri, Mika Unagi Sayaka is just an absolute <laughs> joy to behold. Both the match itself and the little pre-match thing. Like, not, I don't think it's on Stardom World, but where Unagi runs up to her two teammates <laughs> is being Unagi and gets pushed to the ground while she's selfieing, kind of hinting at what she would start doing in her freelance run a couple of year, uh, year later. Um, but yeah, th- honestly, that, that's the match I would recommend going to watch from this particular year of year-end climax. Not because it's on the level of Miko Satomura versus Io Shirai or Io Shirai versus Mayu Itani or Mayu Itani versus Kagetsu, but it's just, it's a match that I can't help but smile just thinking about, let alone watching. We made it, everybody. The final year end match the, to talk about. It's um, it's a pretty big one. You might have seen it. If you're listening to the show, I'm going to guess you've probably seen it, of course. The mm. first stardom dream queendom um if if all-star dream cinderella was the official restart in a lot of ways the official like let's kick this into next gear Mm. and the otami and shuri match was the hey look at us everybody Mm. this was the all right if you're not paying attention what the fuck are you doing (laughs) (laughs) that's what this show was this show is one of, if not their best shows of all time. It is, from top to bottom, special in every single way. It is an accomplishment of what they were able to do. And I remember I remember talking to some people, because when this year's card was announced, people were like, oh, that's, that's okay. I look at this card, I look at the new this card this year. This year's card is stronger in other ways that that card wasn't. And, you know, it. Th- there's different ways to trade off here. Mm-hmm. This card's still stronger because this card, I can't stress enough, it is a very special card that will forever be one of my favorite shows ever to watch. So let's get into it. <laughs> Future of Stardom. First, first off, first off, where was it held? Uh, <laughs> Kuma Hall. <laughs> The Rio Goku. Thank you, Mai. Yeah, anytime. I actually can't say it, so that was actually me trying to say it. Oh, um, I just go Rio Goku Ko- Hall. I Ryu don't know Goku why Ko- she. Koku Ko- yeah. Ko- If you try to read it, I understand how she ended up doing. It. I just did it. Oh um, yeah, I don't blame her for getting tongue-tied on this, but the, the fact that they, the of time. they they'll run that show weekly. They'll run that that location weekly just to get the content from her oh, trying yeah. to pronounce it. Just like they'll do, they were willing to do press conferences and tell Sai a secret for a year. <laughs> Just saying, uh, they they know they know what works. Oh, yeah. um, all right, let's get into this card. Uh, future of Stardom title match: Raka versus Hana. Maybe one of the best Future of Stardom title matches ever. Maybe the best because this was the crowning moment for Hana. You don't really have crowning moments with the Future title. This felt like it. It mm-hmm. should go on to have my favorite Future of Stardom title run. Um, what she was able to do with that title was very good. I, I really missed that on shows, her matches and what she yeah. was doing with them because I thought she did a great job. Um, but her and Ruaka really went out there. I thought they had Ruaka had the best match of her career. I thought mm-hmm. um, Hanan's since then had a better match because I think that trios match that she took place in was in the main part of is just yeah. her best match. But this was great. 
I think Ruaka, you could argue her match with um, Seven Up and Natsuka Toy. Oh, that was really good too. Yeah, if if you're talking like outside of singles matches, but I think singles match, yeah, this is probably Ruaka's probably definitely most important, um, mm-hmm. but one of her best for sure. Yeah, uh, our star panel match DDM Mahime Poi. Many people miss them, of course. <sighs> um, defending against Cosmic Angels, My Sakurai, Mina Shirakawa, and Nagi Sayaka. Michinoku driver party. Yeah. That's all you need to know from that match. This is when Micah dropped everyone on their heads and stacked them. You know, you know how Roman Reigns has that like weird shirt that says like stack them, pack them, and leave or whatever. That's what Micah did to the Mm. extreme. Um, I'll never forget that. That's why that match is so great. Because on paper it's like whatever. But if you watched it, you know it was great. Um, And it's also like of the cosmic angels run for my Sakurai. She did well in that match. Like, to be fair, like, obviously, since she became Donna Del Mondo, she really found herself. But that match, she did a good effort on, I thought. That was when I was thinking, oh, maybe we're being a bit tough on her, and then promptly ignored my own thoughts until she changed. Um, To continue here... Shit, sorry. Um, High-speed title match, Starlight Kid versus Kogamont versus Azumi. This match is a work of art, people. This is a very good triple threat. This, like I said with the Meiho Shizuki and Azumi match, this is high speed. This this triple threat was crazy. It was like, this was also, I don't think it was very long. It was <laughs> seven minutes and 56 seconds, but it was absolute killer from oh, yeah. from finish, uh, from start to finish. Uh, Starlight Kid, of, and of course, retained, and they'd go on to do that little match. You know, a few months later, mm-hmm. her and Azumi, you know, you might have seen it, you might have heard about it. Uh, we did pretty well. Um, the next Stop match, the people talking, yeah. The next match might be one of the most special matches Stardom's ever done. The the return match of Julia and the mm-hmm. semi retirement match of Konami. Obviously, we know that she ended up coming back, yeah. But well, I can't was... be bothered leaving Hiroshima match. Yeah, yeah. This was the this was the uh, I'm gonna take a break match. Yeah, for yeah. Konami, um, she needed to because and... like, let's not forget she was sick and yep. noticeably sick. Yeah, you know, even just looking at her now when she rocks up every now and again in Hiroshima, you can see just how much healthier she is. Yeah, um, she needed to get away. So yeah, good and match. She, she happened to have one of, if not her best. I think this is her best match ever. Um, I think this and. It goes deeper than just the wrestling mm. itself, obviously. I mean, I think anyone that watched this live remembers the emotion that filled them when Konami walked out there oh, in yeah. the Tokyo Cyber Squad gear. Yeah. Um, it was just like, oh my God. And then to follow it up, Julia comes out with, you know, her, you know, Hanakamura in impersonation from top to bottom <laughs> from her five star mm. run she has the never end flag with mm-hmm. every roster member signing it and it's just like from there on out it was just like i don't even care what the match happens I don't. <laughs> and then yeah they, turned... they had a fantastic match to boot it wasn't just the emotion uh technically i think she's had better matches because you do see her start to gas towards the latter half of this match yeah, which again is totally fair and understandable given the health stuff she was going through. But when you tie in the everything surrounding this match, 
I agree. It's, it's her best match, her most important match. They made a match that was very much about them for obvious mm-hmm. reasons, return, mm-hmm. go by, and they made every bit of it about Hana Kimura. Yeah. And it it was a match that no one was ready for, but it was the ultimate tribute match. Mm. Right? Like, we got a lot of tribute matches for Hana Kimura in 2021. Um, you know, is one of the most special shows of all time, and mm. every match on that show is special. But if you were looking for a singles match of tribute, that was this. And yeah. that, that was their love letter to Hana Kimura. It was wonderful. It was special. And there were still three matches to go after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you kind of had to take a breath after that match. Yes. Um, so, so this next match, this ma- this next match on paper looked great, but this is when Momo Watanabe was full on heel. She mm-hmm. had nothing. She didn't want anything to do with this. And mm-hmm. poor uh, Hazuki got absolutely destroyed by Takumi and Mayu <laughs> And then Mayu Utani proceeded to stack it in the rear Goku yep. uh, entranceway, walking back, which again yes. was just perfectly encapsulated Mayu. And the yep. fact Takumi was there just made it even yep. better. So, yeah, look, on, on paper, this match is probably better than it was in reality because I would, they approached it more from a storytelling standpoint with Momo doing her heelish things. But it was still it was still a really enjoyable match. Yeah. Like it's this not match had a lot of people with dread. Yeah, this match left a lot of people with dread. They're like, "Oh my god, what is Heel Momo going to be?" And mm. Heel Momo was just the best version of Momo, I yeah. think personally. Yeah. Um, as a complete character, mm. and she didn't really do the walk away thing anymore. She just used a bat and a wrench, and <laughs> had some of the best uh, tag matches and trios matches of her mm. career. So I think it's worked out pretty well. All things. Yeah, considered. and this was a good match for her to be playing peak. You know, she didn't have her new gear yet either. She's yeah, still doing yeah. the t-shirt thing. Exactly. She she, she had, had didn't have the new gear. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, especially coming off the Julia Konami match, like um, Momo doing her thing here worked because right. you did need a bit of a cool down, an emotional cool down, especially oh, yeah. before heading into the final couple of matches. And this match did that job well without just being throwaway. It was still fun. Still had good moments to remember. It just yeah. It served the purpose it needed to. All right, let's crown them. Tam yep. Nakano versus Saya Kamatani for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Debatably, their best match. When I say debatably, I mean because what they did at Stardom World Climax a few months later, a match mm. that, by the way, no one at the time was like, oh, well, whatever. End up being the best match of the two nights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was shocked by that reaction. I think because it was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's because it's kind happened. of taking away from Sire getting to face new people. But we saw what they did in on this show, on the yeah. Dream Queendom match. How could you not be excited for part two of that? This, to this point, it's, uh, in Sire Kamatai's career, was her best match. For sure. By Country Mile. Obviously, she went on to have a 2022 that, you know, pretty good. Um, but this match was very special. It's the perfect way to end Tam Nakano's run yep. as champion. Um, curse was lifted, and now we sit here about to hit a year for Sai Kamatani mm-hmm. and beyond. Mm-hmm. Confidently going to say and beyond, she's probably <laughs> going to break Momo's record. I think, I mean, I wouldn't see why not at this point. We, we already got here, right? Just do it, right? Yeah, just do it. Though, I do think she needs to have the Momo match. 
for obvious oh, reasons of story yeah, I think Momo either trying to stop the tie or the overtaking. Stop the record difficult. or stop it tying. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this match was phenomenal, mm. fantastic. And like I said, we weren't done there. <laughs> Main event, World of Startup, and the SWA Undisputed Women's Championship match. Utami People forget Hanshiro. about that. People yeah. forget that championship was also on the line. The no time limit match. Mm-hmm. Utami versus Shuri, the big rematch. Of course, they've had rematches since. Um, yes. One of them, I think, being <laughs> maybe their second best match ever. Mm-hmm. Um, the most recent one, which was mm-hmm. what was a pay per view? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Whatever the last title match was between them. Okay, yeah. that was their. I think it was October or no? It was October. It was uh, right before. It was the day before crossover. So it was oh yeah, no, uh, November nineteen. That's Gold Rush. Yeah. So this match, of course, was where Shuri was crowned world champion. Yes. And again, we we're sitting here a year later. She's still world champion. Um, don't, don't, and, you don't, know, for now. Yeah, for now. Uh, but a very, very great special match again. Um, not to the level of their first match, but special in the own right of Shuri was crowned. Mm-hmm. Shuri mm-hmm. had that moment that they, I think it just built itself through that yeah. five star, really. Well, through the first match and then the five star, it just built itself perfectly. Mm-hmm. She had her moment. She's now led stardom for a year. She's mm-hmm. probably my wrestler of the year again for two years mm-hmm. in a row i mean yep. she's she's done it all right mm. but that's how the year end events have gone and now we're heading into another one a big one mm-hmm. um that's very different from last year's but reminiscent of all those year end events that we mm-hmm. just went through which yeah. is very important i think yeah it's one of those things like i it's easy to get caught up in the, all this because Sardom did build it up a bit in the the press where it was talking about this is they want this to be one of their big uh, events each year, you know, <laughs> leading into Wrestle Kingdom for New Japan Pro Wrestling. So I think when people heard that, they weren't expecting certain directions they took with this show. And yes, on paper, maybe it could have been bigger given what they were setting up. But I do think there's a lot here to be excited about. And when we look back over the years on how they've built their end of year shows, be it at Kurokan Hall or not, you know, they're not afraid to lean on outside talent and bring in matches that maybe aren't, haven't been built up exclusively through the stardom calendar, but provide interesting uh, intrigue and opportunities. And especially like when you look at someone like Haruka Umasaki, yeah, her future, like this could be the match that then defines what she goes on to do, be it in stardom, like I think a lot of people are expecting to happen, or elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, you got me there. I mean, that's that's it though. That is mm. that is all the year end events as we gear up for another Stardom Dream Queendom. I mean, at one point we did think this was their signature event of the year, but mm. we have I think we have now been confirmed that it will be that middle show of the year. That is yes. their biggest, and this is their big year end show, much like year end climax. So that mm. March, April area. I mean, Dave Melcher literally said that this April they're aiming for their biggest show ever. I don't know what that means. I just know <laughs> Sasha Banks is supposed to be there. So that's enough for me to believe that it might be their biggest show ever. Um, yes, I finally said her name. We didn't say her name earlier. I said her name. Uh, well, that like, might not be her name. 
come. I yeah, yeah, Mercedes Monet or whatever the hell it is. Um, it doesn't matter. It's Sasha Banks. She's the fact <laughs> that she's going to be there. But everyone, uh, Trent, hit him with the plugs as we close out the year here. You're going to have a lot of content coming out. I know that. So. Yeah, look, oh, yeah, it's the end of year, it's stardom, so everyone's got a lot to say. Um, I have a year in review for stardom coming out after Dream Queendom. Um, I have an Ocean Cyclone Suplex, uh, Ocean Cyclone show uh, end of year <laughs> review, um, which will be coming out uh, the first week of January. We have to wait because Dream Queendom's the last week of the year. Uh, as I said, uh, I've got a Miko piece in the works that will be coming out next year and next month. Um, I've got, yeah, that's the main stuff. Um, check my Twitter at One Up Culture to see the specifics because I tend to work on a whim sometimes, so you never know. But yeah, year end stuff, you know, it's coming from us, but me as well. Yeah, I uh, I don't have as many plugs. <laughs> I just I don't I don't know what I have. I, my my past few weeks months have been a little uh, busy, so I'm trying to get back mm. in the swing of things, but. I will have a live Stardom Dream Queendom review um, the day of. So watch that. Um, that'll be exciting. Always Depending on where in the world you are, it might be the day after. Wink, wink. Yeah, it might be the day after for some. Uh, but it will be the day of for me because I will mm-hmm. probably sleep, get my bearings together, and then talk about the show. Um, and, uh, yeah, year-end stuff's on the way, Ocean Cyclone show. That'll be a very fun one as we do a bunch of year-end awards and mm. so on and so forth. Also, Can't wait also to do that just a, a hint, hint, whisper, whisper, um, might not be the only uh, show the I- Ocean Cyclone crew will be appearing together on. Um, if January. any of you know Flight exactly. of Five yeah. uh, starring Ryan Dilbert, maybe keep your eyes on I mean, keep your eyes on that show anyways, but especially. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a fun one. Um and uh read my interview with Julia because that that I legitimately will never have a better interview. So <laughs> I I that's that's my takeaway. Read it if you haven't, read it again if you already did. Um bookmark it. Bookmark it, keep it, remember it when she's crowned yeah. world champion. Remember print it off, remember, put it in a little book. Remember who the last person was to interview her before her big match. Just that just sounds oddly me. ominous. <laughs> who uh, was, was the me. last person to interview it was, Julia? It, it was me because I I gave the world championship rub. I guess so. She, she couldn't get it done before the interview. I'm just saying, just saying. <laughs> we know I that see, for I sure. See. Once she wins, you're going to change the Twitter bio to the champion whisperer. Yes, exactly. I uh, got to get Mayu on the phone. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyways that is stardom robe we'll be back to start off the year mm. we're definitely gonna do some anniversary stuff yep. um we're going to the you know that first show of the year which will be on i don't know off the top of my head it will be on the 10th so um hmm. we may hit anniversary stuff we may hit early stuff we may do whatever we want because that's yeah. how the show works we'll see but definitely anniversary. Who knows stuff. where along the road leads us? Definitely anniversary stuff in January. So look forward yes. to that. But that's for Trent. I'm Scott. Goodbye, everybody, and happy holidays. This has been a Countout Podcast. 
A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109.